Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During challenging times, it is easy to focus on the things that divide us. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are united with Christ, united in purpose, and united with each other. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome all of you back to this exciting series that we've been on and a journey that we've taken together. I want to welcome all of you that are in our video venues here at the Keller campus. Welcome our 12 30 service as well, a growing environment. Thank you for prioritizing that, making room and making space for others, as well as all of you that are part of the Milestone family that are still watching online, as well as a lot of new people that we're meeting every single week that are joining us online. Would you guys here in the room put your hands together and welcome all of our church family and our guests that are joining us. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 6. We've been walking through every single chapter, pulling from it key nuggets, key principles from the Apostle Paul writing from prison. He's writing to this group of people that he loves dearly. The message of Jesus Christ has taken root in their hearts And now they are this organic group of people meeting and they will one day be a very powerful, influential church in the ancient world that will begin to advance the kingdom of God. But he is wanting to put some foundational things on the inside of them. And here in this last chapter, I'm just preparing you. It doesn't matter if you are a seasoned veteran of the Bible If you grew up with the scriptures, if you've read it every single day, it doesn't matter if you're just now checking out the Bible and scripture, this week, Paul now starts concluding his thoughts to them, and he gives some of the most comprehensive teaching in the whole Bible on spiritual warfare. In life, there's certain things that happen to us that this side of heaven will never be able to explain. We'll never know exactly what's going on in certain situations, but we do know from the Word of God that we need to be equipped. In fact, we've learned that in this series that we've found out who we are, that we've been adopted into the family of God from different backgrounds, from different ethnicities, from different cultures, from different places. We've been made one family because we are in Christ. We've learned about whose we are, that we have an inheritance that we're included in Christ. We, we've learned about these principles. That's where this, this, this statement united, where does that come from? Well, that's the theme of Ephesians, that we can find the unity that we desire that comes with our relationship with God who comes to us in our condition, but also we can begin to find the unity with one another as we then live out some of those principles. We've learned about how we're seated with Christ, how we can know Christ. We've learned a lot of things throughout all of these chapters, very, very rich passages of scripture. But then the apostle Paul starts talking to us practically about how we can be unified and through the church he extends his kingdom and how we can be built up. This week is a build up type of message, okay? It's a build you up area. We talked about how we can be filled. We've talked about last week about how we can become one with our spouses in a very powerful set of principles there. I want to talk to you again about what Paul now begins to do as he's equipping them for the challenges they will face. For you see, where they live there in Ephesus, they will face some caustic cultural challenges. 
the views of that world of what is right, what is wrong, what is sin, they'll, they'll face this as this young group of believers. Paul loves them dearly. There'll be discussions about sexuality. There'll be pressures. There'll be, and one of the main things he's protecting them against is there'll be well-intended people who have ideas that are actually heretical, Gnosticism and different things that you can look back at that period of time. And so he is, is trying to deposit in them the things they will need to stand as people that are in a culture that is opposite of what is happening in the kingdom of God. He's trying to build them up. He's trying to equip them. And, and the real thing that he starts talking to them about here in the end is something I think speaks not just to Ephesus, but speaks to us today. And that is, there's this idea that there's this battle going on. There's this spiritual warfare going on in our lives. We are such tangible people. We are such instant people. We are such people who are kind of prove it to me people. We have trouble with some of the language. And I want to take a moment before we go to Ephesians 6.10 because I don't think you'll really receive from those passages unless I give you a little setup to understand the biblical worldview of this spiritual challenge that we have. Now, I didn't grow up around a lot of teaching and understanding of the fact that we are really physical people living in a spiritual reality. So a lot of what I'm teaching you today has actually been developed over years of understanding this, this understanding of the spiritual battle. I also wanna tell you, I know I look strong and confident and convinced and convicted. I'm, I'm just like you, when it comes to spiritual battles, I would prefer to avoid them. Like you might think, man, you look strong, Pastor Jeff, you know, big, tall, bald. Are you a professional wrestler? You know, you look like you just fight for, a, you know, it's just like, okay, you got this, you know. No, 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 no. I want to tell you, even at a young age, I may look confident and strong, but my personality is way more lover than it is fighter. I was an intuitive kid, imaginative kid, in fact. I always love to tell the story just to kind of bring it down to real life. This is Jeff Little, the kid, the personality, who I am, kind of the way God made me. I get ready for the first time that I played like real baseball, not hit it off the tee, but I think about the time when I walked out there and there was a kid, you know, when, when I grew up, you didn't have coach pitch for a few years. They moved you from the tee to where there was another kid with a hard object in his hand throwing it in your direction. And nowadays we put kids in better age groups. When I, when I played, you know, I'm probably like six, you know, I get out there, this guy's got a beard, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? Well, is he at Pony League? I mean, what, what, how did he get out here, you know? And I mean, he's throwing wild, throwing hard, hit the backstop three times. And I looked at my dad, my dad's six foot seven. God put him in my life to help me overcome fear. He said, boy, get out there. You got this. I was like, oh, this is not going to end good, dad. This is not going to be good. Get out there, boy. I said, okay, all right, good. I got out there. First pitch, bam, hit me. I said, well, I, I quit that. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm through with that, man. That was great experiment. And uh, I walked over there, my dad, you know, trying to use reverse psychology. Boy, you're going to act like that. Sit with your mother. Phenomenal. I'll go sit with mom. I mean, that'll be great, man. I'm going to get up here behind this screen, sit up here behind there. There's no objects flying around back here. Get me a snow cone. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Here's what I've learned about all of us. Not just me. When the hard objects start flying our way, we're all looking for somewhere in the stands to get out of the fight. We're trying to avoid the battle. We, we are so risk averse 
that we are like, get me out of this. Can I find a way out? Is there somewhere where there's not any kind of battle going on? And so we find ourselves looking for that place of safety. The only problem is in real life, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I'm not attributing to every single challenge you have in your life is attributed to a spiritual battle. But what I am saying to you is this, you are in a spiritual battle. You are in a fight and it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. There are some of the things you face that you're going through that are job related. There's a spiritual battle going on. There's some things that you face in your health that are spiritual. They're not just physical, they're spiritual. There's some things you face in your relationships, some of you facing them right now. You're just like, it just seems like the last several months, it's like everywhere I turn, there's another battle and a situation going on. You know, some of the most intense battles are when you're fighting a battle that pertains to someone that you really love. You got a kid that walks away from God. You have a relational issue with your spouse. You have a circumstance going on. You have a financial battle. And a lot of times, here's what's so important to me, and I'm passionate about this. A lot of Christian people don't know that you don't just have to go sit in the stands. You can have some tools to fight back. You can have some tools to stand. 25 years of pastoring people, I can't tell you how many times. I'll be like, where are the Smiths? Where's so-and-so? Oh, they're just, they're going through something. So, so, so what the enemy says when you're going through something is retreat to the stands. And maybe you've shared with someone you're going through something, but you don't feel like you've really overcome it. So he gets you back here in seclusion and pulls you away alone by yourself. And that's how he works. Now, Paul's going to tell us about some equipment we have. He's going to tell us about some ways we can stand and we can push back. But the first thing he tells us too, though, is it is a spiritual battle. In a minute, we're going to read it, but I want to give you some set up passages for just a second so we understand it. What I'm going to read to you in a minute tells us that we are fighting an enemy. You may not be aware of that. It's a spiritual battle. You're battling an enemy, but we know his playbook. We know what he does, okay? So it's like playing a game with someone, you already know their strategy, okay? And so he has a playbook. It's a pretty simple playbook. And Paul says that he has a method, a scheme, okay? Methodia is the Greek word, that he has some methods that he uses against us in this spiritual battle. The first one is he's a liar. He lies. In fact, I love this passage of scripture because it basically in one passage tells us like seven times the devil is a liar. John 8, says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he's the father of lies. So the enemy strategy in your life is to get you to believe something that is not true. To deceive you, by the way, we're very susceptible to deception when we and our desires want something that is not God's plan, God's desires, and God's truth in our lives. Whatever you compromise to get, you ultimately have to compromise to keep. So what happens is our emotions are so strong, our heart deceives us and we find ourselves moving toward this thing and we are easily 
deceived. We're easily drawn off course. He's a liar. The devil's a liar. The second thing is he's an accuser. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. So here in Revelation 12, it tells us that he is a liar and he's an accuser. You say, how do I know if I'm in a spiritual attack and what's the enemy doing in the attack that I'm facing? Well, the first thing he does is lie to you. The second thing he does is accuse you because if he accuses you of something that God says you're not or uses false information, then he can get you to believe something wrong even about God. And that's how he works. It's the enemy strategy. So when you're driven by your opinion more than you are the conviction from God's word, by the way, as far as battles go, one of the things I just would exhort you to is I wish in our culture, our world today that is so passionate and so convicted, I just want to encourage you, just make sure that it's not your opinion, but you have convictions from the word of God. Because if you stay true to the convictions from the word, then you're aligning yourself with God himself. By the way, when you assign motive or you assign things to other people that you don't really know the truth, then you can be used by the enemy as an accuser of someone when you don't really know them or know their character, and the enemy can use that in operation in our lives. But here's some good news. Here's the good news. I'm going to read to you Ephesians 6.10. Here's good news, though, because you're like, well, man, we're talking about the devil. I I get it. Some people just kind of don't even, they're not even aware that we're fighting an enemy. You know, they don't even know that it's present, right? I I didn't grow up thinking about, okay, how do do we deal in this spiritual realm? There's other people that are like super spiritual, a devil behind every bush. Several years ago, our second building, it was a smaller building. Our creative team and guys, I mean, they love all the equipment. They got a fog machine, a new one. And uh, that weekend, they were really testing it out. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, there was so much smoke in there, I couldn't even see the people while I was preaching. You know, just like, I hate those things anyway. But anyway, it's just, and I went out afterwards, I was shaking hands and I was preaching on spiritual warfare and there was this guy, he kind of had wild eyes and he goes, man, I tell you, it's good you're speaking on the spiritual battle because Man, the power of God was in the service today. I said, bro, it was the fog machine. He goes, well, I was just making sure because wherever I go, it usually follows me. I said, well, man, praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, it's just the fog machine. But anyway, we've kind of met people who are so spiritually minded, they're no earthly, practical, wisdom-oriented, truth-oriented good But you know what? Either ditch can be a challenging place to go because it's true that we're in a spiritual battle. But here's good news. You, dear children, are from God. You have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Somebody needs to hear that today. You're facing some things in your life that you need to be reminded. There is a real enemy and there's a real spiritual battle, but greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. How do we have an attitude as we approach any kind of life challenge or battle or spiritual battle, even though we have days where we get weary, where we struggle along the way, we always remind ourselves that if you have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, we win. We win. We always win. Even if it's this, if we have to, uh, in eternity, ultimately win, it doesn't matter. We're winners because we have Jesus. And so we have to keep that mindset that greater is he. Now, With that backdrop of the enemy and the battle, I want to give you this Ephesians 6.10 passage as Paul's given us all these practical things. Remember, he's wanting 
to make sure they can make it in a world that will be caustic against them. He's given them so many powerful principles, and yet he knows this, they have to, the principles are powerful, but you have to have the strength to live them. You have to actually have the conviction to live them out because the enemy's not just gonna move out of the way and say, okay, go ahead and live all this powerful stuff. So he says to them, finally, last words are powerful in this letter. He's using this as his conclusion to say, I wanna make sure you get this. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Your strength's not gonna come from your personality, from your ability, it's strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Look what it says, put on the full armor of God. So evidently this is a part where we play a participatory relational role here in the fact that we have to put on this equipment that we have been given. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's that word methodia, the devil's method. You can take your stand against it. You don't have to go to the stands. You can take your stand against it. Look what it says here. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Man, we are great at fighting in the flesh in our culture. We are great at overpowering, pushing, using our words, dominance of personality, strategizing our way out of our problems. We are great. If the flesh could accomplish overcoming spiritual battles, we wouldn't have so many. There's only one problem. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your struggle is not against your boss. Your struggle is not against that teenager when they lose their mind for a little while. It's not against them. It's the enemy's strategy to destroy their future and their purpose, and your role is to help them to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil who wants to deceive them and lie to them. That, that's the power of understanding this. Your, your fight's not against your mother-in-law. Your fight's not against all these people that we get so angry and mad at. If we spend a little more time focusing on learning how to fight in the spirit as we do fighting in the flesh, we would overcome more battles for our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the apostle Paul tells us we're in a spiritual battle. We can win it. God is greater, but we have to be strong in the Lord. And in the last few moments before I pray for you, I'm going to talk to you how to make that real practical. Now, I have to introduce this concept for just a second because the apostle Paul then, he said, put on this armor. He goes on to define it. Okay. And he starts talking about what is included there. There's a, we don't know if it's a Greek soldier or a Roman soldier, but they would have understood it when he starts outlining all of this armor. Now, I don't have time to explain to you every single piece of this and highlight every single word, but at the height of when we were in quarantine and I was praying for you and, and I know that you were in a battle, then I spent every single day for two weeks teaching on the armor of God on how you can take up this armor, okay? And I've got it now on our website. You can download it. Hundreds of people already have already by this weekend. And you can go get it. Make it your devotional time for the next two weeks and get that daily words. And I unpack every single piece of this armor. But as we go through it, there's the belt of truth. Why does truth, truth is so big in this passage because truth holds up the only offensive piece of the armor. 
you don't have a, if you don't have a belt of truth, you don't have anything to hold your weapon, the only weapon you have in all of this. The breastplate of righteousness, it guards your heart. The righteousness that comes from God that's not based on me, but based on his righteousness guards my heart, moves me from a place of thinking I have to perform in my battle, and it guards me in a place where I know that he is fighting my battle for me. Did you know this book is filled with battles? Filled with battles, and one of the themes is, as you study those battles, is the battle belongs to the Lord. It's his battle, so this breastplate covers us in that area. The feet fitted with the gospel of peace helps us to stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross and his resurrection and where I'm seated with him. The shield of faith, the belief and the trust in the fact that God is God by himself and he's strong enough and he is able and he is capable and he is faithful unto all generations, and that's not only a protective thing, but it can also be a moving forward thing the helmet of salvation, and that's what guards your mind. And then, as I said, the sword of the Spirit, the Bible speaking even of itself, if you let the Bible interpret the Bible, this is the offensive weapon that you have for your spiritual battle. And I get upset that the enemy puts people in a place where they just think, look, I just have to just sit back and accept this and retreat when you've been given protective equipment and an offensive weapon. And yet you have to come to a place where you feel confident putting on that armor yourself in these spiritual battles that we face. I realized several years ago that there was a scheme and a pattern of the enemy in my life. Every time I would prepare, seek God, ask for the accountability of pastors and elders and relationships, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was asking me to move forward and move our church forward. There would always be a spiritual attack on my family in the area of health. Still always is. It's the go-to place. It's a scheme. It's a method. It's just something we face from my daughter to my dad to my wife. My wife having mononucleosis twice in the last year. And why does the enemy want to distract me with that? Because, see, he can get me in a place where I let that consume me. And what he wants me to do is go get in the stand. That's what he wants for you too. Now do you say, Jeff, does everything you do just fix all those things every single time? Is it, no, but I will say this, I'm gonna push back. Not in my confidence and strength. I began to put an intercessory prayer team around my life. Thank God for my mom who's an intercessor and a prayer warrior. And I began to say, you know what? I began to pre-prepare, if you could say that, for every time I take a step, one of the places that I do is always prepare in the spiritual realm because I know every time you take ground for the kingdom, prepare yourself for a spiritual battle. You may not feel like right now we're taking ground for the kingdom, but we're taking ground for the kingdom. You're taking ground for the kingdom. Even being tuned in to church right now and focused on your spiritual life and being considerate of the word of God and what God has to say to you right now, you're taking ground. And so those spiritual battles come our way. We have to prepare ourselves for them. Now you say, man, those are great things. It's a great concept. That's a nice looking soldier, helmet, sword, all of this. Pastor Jeff, can you get real, real practical? That's what I want to do in my final few moments because I see something here beyond the basics of the very basic things we've learned in Ephesians of the salvation and the gospel of peace and all of those things and the inheritance we have. I see Paul writing to them as a spiritual father and he, and he has a theme around this equipment as well. 
If you look at it, he's guarding them and helping them to understand how to be guarded and he's, he's, prote- he's helping them get this protection again so that they can stand. And so I wanna give you kind of a holistic look at that and here's some things you can do because you could think, man, spiritual battle, <laughs> man, I've been in it. I've been in it. Now, pastor, are you telling me I have to have some kind of special prayer or some special idea or know some special spiritual secret? Like, how do you make this real for my life? Well, let me do it in my final few moments. Number one, if you think about that helmet guarding the mind, if you think about that breastplate guarding the heart, that soul level, in fact, some of you listening online, we've, had, we've sent thousands of text messages and an unprecedented number of people having depression and anxiety and just having dark thoughts. Look, what is Paul saying to us? Not only the basics of righteousness that tells us who we are, but also the guarding of the innermost place that you actually are as well helping you in this soul realm, guarding your mind, a belt that holds an offensive weapon against the enemy's strategy. So remember, he is, remember, he is a liar and an accuser. Our attitudes play a big role in how we fight spiritual battles. Attitude plays a huge role. By the way, it's easy to see it in our kids, isn't it? You know, it's, it's so funny. When, when you're fighting your battle, it's the biggest battle on the planet. But a lot of times, like with our kids, we're watching them and we're just thinking, you know, I mean, you, you, you see them in their battle and you really want to fight their battle for them, which is what we are guilty of in our world today is a lot of times we try to fight for them the battle, but God doesn't let that happen. You'll never run enough interference with their teachers and coaches and stuff to remove them from the battle that God wants them to learn how to fight. And you don't want them to have to fight battles because you want to let them sit in the stand and get a snow cone. But God says, no, they're fighting the battle. And you're watching them and you're thinking, this is really not that big a deal. But to them, it's the biggest battle that they've ever faced. But what do you want from them as a parent? You want from them an attitude toward God that is relating to God in a proper way. You want to see their attitude be good no matter what they're facing. I think about Nehemiah who was fighting a big battle. I love this verse of scripture, another battle for our, this, the strength that comes to us, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I was talking to someone this week and they said, man, they just, they, 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 they said, what I'm facing, I didn't expect. I want it, but I know it's not God. But where I've gotten to is God's not for me. God doesn't want the best for me. And I'm almost wanting to obtain this in the flesh and it's wrong, but I know, I know that it's not what God has for me, but I, I'm, I'm really struggling with, is God really for me? Does he really have my best in mind? See, your attitude of joy, by the way, I, I like to be in a battle with people that even though, man, we're facing challenging things, they overall have a good attitude. Not that you can't have a little pity party from time to time, but I'm gonna tell you, people with the joy of the Lord fight battles different, and we, as those who have the joy of the Lord, Those who have Jesus Christ living inside of us should be a shining example to people around us on how to face battles with the joy of the Lord. You know, it's like today we've got, we're so good at fighting in the flesh. You know, it's like, this is not strength of personality. I'm I'm, I'm fighting my battle. But nobody likes you. (laughs) Nobody really likes you. I'm fighting. Well, we'll fight with some joy. Fight with a life-giving spirit. Because that joy can be your strength. I'm talking about the spiritual strength you need. Number two, your thoughts. Romans 8, 5 says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. 
Never underestimate how strong your flesh and desire can be to cause you to justify what God doesn't want. But those who live according to the Spirit and with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want everybody to key in with me real quick. This is so important. The biggest spiritual battle you're fighting is right here. It's right here. What you think about God, what you even think about the equipment that you have, your understanding of who he is, how you focus, and it's amazing to me. My, I have two kids that are adults, adult kids, so I don't have them around me, so I spend a lot of time like just talking to them on the phone, and so I can't see them. We FaceTime sometimes, but I listen I listen to hear how they're thinking, right? And so they're going through their struggles and different things and stuff, and I see myself in them sometimes. Here's what's amazing. I'll, see, I'll listen to them. I'm like, how's your day? How's things going? And there'll be nine things that are good that God's doing in that moment. There'll be nine things that you've moved forward. You know, that class was a struggle, but I got this worked out, and that happened, and this relationship. But there'll be one thing that creates fear. One thing that's not how it was supposed to work out. One thing that's kind of a spiritual battle in their life. And I see myself in and I think, man, how we are so prone to the one thing. We think about the one thing. The mind wants to be drawn to fight in the flesh. That's what it wants to go to. And, and we have more opportunity for that in today's world because fear always gets the click. Fear is the best marketing tool. So you easily can find things around your life on a consistent basis that will make you anxious, that will make you depressed, that will make you question God, that will make you lose the truth of who he is and take your belt off, and lose your sword. We have to think about what we think about. We have to align our thoughts with the truth of God's word. Here's the third thing, our words. Our world is great with its opinions. Our world is great with words. Our world is great with throwing all these things out there and fighting in the flesh with our words. But Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So can I encourage you with something? That sort of the spirit is the word of God. And when you're pressed, what comes out of you? Where you wanna get in your equipping as you get so equipped in that, that you interpret every strategy of the enemy through the lens of who God is, what his nature is, and what his word says. I know you're like, that's crazy, Jeff. It can happen. I was praying with someone this week, and they were just like, man, I just, you know, it's like God's given up on me. I mean, this is a consistent theme of what I do on a weekly basis. I know where you live. And I said, I just came out of me. Well, I said, don't quit. Because you're in alignment with what God said. I know you're struggling right now, but don't give up on God because Galatians tells us that if we will continue to sow and not grow weary in well-doing, you will reap in due season. Because that word's in me right here. Because I've had to quote it to myself a lot. Don't quit, don't quit. I know we will reap, I know. You been there? God, I'm not giving up on you. I want to give up on it. But we'll reap if we just continue to sow towards what you say in due season. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Where you want to get is not I have to tell you that, but you have that weapon on the inside of you. 
You interpret everything that the enemy wants to do through the lens of that. I remember several years ago, I was in an intense battle season. Had severe health challenges with my father who passed away a year ago. My wife had some challenges. We had another health challenge with my daughter. And we were moving towards this big building. There was a lot of pressure. It was a big face step for me, for our church. I'll never forget it. It was a big, big season. And I just, I just had this heaviness and I had this warfare around me. And it's like, man, I'm just like, Lord, I just want to keep moving forward. And I had a pastor who I really respect who teaches a lot on spiritual warfare and prayer and fasting. And I asked him to pray and fast with me and pray for me. And I'll never forget on a night in the late, we're right over here on this side of this property. He said, Jeff, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And we're going to get a spiritual breakthrough in what you're fighting in the spiritual realm. There had to be somebody drive by and be like, who them weird people out there on that property, you know, out there praying. By the way, you get enough problems in your life, you'll, you'll get a little more weird. Because it ain't working fighting it in the flesh. I'll never forget, he prayed for me and something broke in the spirit, right? There was a breaking there, a just boom, kind of out of the fog. Now I'm a question asker because <laughs> I don't know about you, but like I don't mind fighting battles. I just don't like due to my wrong viewpoint, fighting the same battles over and over. I kind of like as with God, here's the Lord, I want to learn that lesson so I don't have to take it again. And so I asked him the question, I said, how do I know if I'm walking in what's happened here? How do I know if I'm, I'm on course or if this whole thing's kind of come back? And he said, Jeff, your words, your words tell you. How you speak talks about how you have faith and confidence and truth and the word of God and are you leaning on the word of God? Your words. Here's the final one, your relationships. Your relationships. That soldier... Man, he looks real powerful there. Did you know the truth? He, he doesn't fight by himself. He's a part of a company of soldiers that fight together. And the enemy's strategy is to always, I'm talking about spiritual battles here. I'm talking about a devil that wants to lie to you. I've said it for many years and it has never been more true and revealed in real time than what we've experienced as a church over the last several months. For years, since the first day of this church, I said, you're building your relationships today for your storms tomorrow. And I'm talking about after thousands of text and prayer and phone calls and all the people we've ministered to, the people that have sustained the best through this current challenge and things are the people who built relationships before the storm. You're building those relationships today. You say, why, does he, why would we talk about relationships? Once again, he uses the image of a soldier. We're all in a battle and soldiers fight together. They need one another. Can I ask you this question? Speaking of truth, belt of truth, deception, seeing things properly, thinking, heart. Who do you have in your life that can tell you no or you're in deception? Who do you have in your life that can say, oh no, 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 that's not God. Let's stay with God. Who do you have in your life that can help you with that? Because it's so important. I see so many times when the enemy, there's a spiritual attack, it's real, and the enemy has his way because there's usually someone who the enemy uses to convince people of lies or accuse or use those things to reinforce the enemy's strategy, which leads people to, again, move more towards the desires of the flesh so the enemy can have his way. We don't want that to happen in your life. 
So that's why we facilitate an environment here that is very intentional about helping you engage with the relationships you need so that you can fight the battles of tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.